All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Welcome to episode 259 of the DFO Rundown brought to you by Botano. Game starts now. Please play responsibly. 19 plus at botano.ca. And of course, you have the Monday Nighter if uh, that piques your interest. And lots of games, a full slate six uh, Tonight, busy week in the National Hockey League, so there's always some good games to look at. And uh, don't be afraid to look for some uh, in-game props at Botano.ca. As uh, we welcome in from Seattle, Frank Saravalli. Frankie, how you doing? Uh, pretty good. Not as good after the Eagles were absolutely trounced on <laughs> Sunday evening. Oh, man. 49ers putting down the gauntlet like, hey. We're pretty good. And if Brock, if Brock Purdy hadn't been hurt last year, maybe he would have went on the Super Bowl. So, you know what? Hey, I'd love to. Uh, the NFC right now with those two in Dallas, it, uh, you know, finishing first is huge because then you probably have to avoid the other two teams uh, up until the conference final. Yeah, it's uh, the Eagles were in such a prime position being 10 and 1. And if they would have won that game, they probably would have salted away the top spot in the bye. But Never really sure that you actually want the buy in the first round, although maybe in football it's a little different. I always wonder how much longer, honestly. I, I think they're going to go to 16 teams soon enough, and I don't think there'll be any buys anymore. Selfishly, I, I prefer no buys. Like, uh, you know, sometimes the first place team, you know what, you got the same record, and then it's points against. And I'm like, well, that's kind of a joke because I do think the extra rest can matter later on. So hmm. I think that'd be a good thing to get rid of the buys. Just uh, NHL playoffs have no buys. That's what makes it awesome. You finish first. You finish 16th, baby. You got to make the same amount of wins to get to the uh, championship. And, and speaking uh, of uh, speaking of getting rid of something, looks like you got rid of the hat there. I like it. Yeah, well, um, you know, it's, uh, it's coming up on a month, Frank. The uh, Sprouts are starting a show, so it's not, uh, it's not ideal. But the Oilers are coming up potentially on a fifth straight win. It's Dude. been an agonizing wait, but you know that they're going to get to number four, which they are now, and then they're going to lose the next game, and you're going to have to start all over, right? Oh, I'm aware that Connor Halley put that in. It's just as a as a dick. So anybody who's just tuning in, yeah. Um, we had like a, a dumb wager that the orders would beat the Sharks and uh, they lost. And so I had to grow my hair out for six months, which obviously isn't going well, as you can see. The coldest. And, um, but if they win five in a row, then it's only three months. And so they have Carolina after a five-day break. They should be rested. And it, it will be a battle, Frank. 
of two of the bottom three teams in team overall mm. save percentage. Now, I, I went through all the numbers, and I'll have an article up uh, on Tuesday that only include, it eliminates goal, it eliminates empty net goals, which isn't a lot and doesn't change it, but it changes it a little bit. And it's stunning to me at uh, how good Carolina has been despite just absolutely awful goal tip. And they can't really get anyone healthy either. They can't get anyone going. No. Piotr Kochetkov starts two games in a row last week after a really wonky performance. They can't turn to Antti Ranta because he's not 100%. And so they have to run Kochetkov back out there. And, of course, doesn't go well. So uh, the Canes have been in a bit of a pickle with that goaltending situation that I think we all went into the season kind of glossing over it, saying, yeah, maybe they weren't that healthy last year but they still found a way when those guys were in net to get great goaltending. And we were thinking, oh, this is a, a result of their system. And yeah, I think part of the results that we're seeing now are indicative of how good their team is and specifically their defense core. But they, they're not, they haven't been out of this world good because they've been let down by their goaltending so much. It's amazing to me. And it just shows like Carolina is a really good team. And and I'm curious what the options are. Like there, there's not a lot of, I think, viable options to look at. They got to hope that maybe Freddie Anderson gets healthy. But we've covered the league enough, Frank, to know that Freddie Anderson and health is a very risky proposition. If, if you think that, you know what, when he's healthy, Ranta. he's good. Anti-Ranta, same thing. So I'm kind of fascinated to see what the Canes do. We've talked about them needing an elite score and they might have to say, you know what? We just got to find a reliable goaltender. And it's, you know, I get, they can wait. Obviously it hasn't hurt them as far as standings go yet. I think they're obviously a playoff team, but it will be something to monitor. And you know what? The, I look at it. And so why it's the reason why, one of the reasons why I didn't have the New Jersey Devils so high. I wasn't sure on their goaltending, but I also didn't love too many young defensemen and the Devils, their save percentage as a team is right near the bottom as well. Yeah, it is. And I'm pretty concerned about the Devils. You know, I, I, I know that they went through a stretch where they didn't have Hughes and Heischer. And I know that when they came back, they won three straight. But there's something just something a little off with that team this year. And it, I don't know if the best way to describe it is a lack of crispness, if that makes any sense. But they're just not they're not surgical. They're not like they're exciting and fun to watch but they get in their own way a lot too. And maybe that adds to it, but now look at the spot that they're in. So they hand the sharks their first road win of the season, which it's uh, December by the way. And so the sharks get their first road win against the devils. They lose Dougie Hamilton for the foreseeable future. And I thought this was a defense core that was already asking a lot of the pieces further down. And then you lose Hamilton. So I think the Devils are in a bit of a tough spot here. Do I, do I think they're going to make the playoffs? Yeah, I do. I think they're going to get it together. But do I have the New Jersey Devils in the contender category right now? No, I don't. No, no. And I, I just, and that's, that's okay. When, when you miss, when you only make the playoffs once essentially in a decade, I think it's unrealistic to just snap your fingers and think, boom. Now They were a trendy contender. Stanley Cup pick this year. Yeah, wow. I got my Boston one wrong, but the the Devils, I was not, I wasn't buying the Devils just because youth on defense just doesn't win in the playoffs. It just doesn't. So, and, and in goal, like, well, in goal, it can, you can have surprises, but having both, I just think was too much. I think the Devils, their future looks really bright. I just think you're right. I think some people um, put the uh, cart before the horse a little bit. Well, it is exciting though. You have a Dougie Hamilton injury and Simone Nemich comes up. And Nemitz, they say it all different on the broadcast. He looked unreal. Um, so maybe, yeah, I think he played north of 20 minutes, 22 minutes, I think it was. He was he fit right in. Um, so maybe that's an exciting part of, hey, look, you, you're backed into a corner, a tough spot, and you're going to have to ask more. I think in a perfect world, he'd get more seasoning. But let's go. Giddy up. And hey, uh, speaking of hey, Luke Hughes, and by the way, I want to make a shout out to Luke Hughes. I don't know if you saw his post game comments, Frank, after the Hathaway hit. Um, you know, Luke Hughes, I love what Luke Hughes said. There's no complaint. He goes, Hey, thank God I'm not hurt. He goes, I got to be better. I let up. And, and I thought it was bang on there. It's that I like John Tortorella's explanation of, you know what? 
you got in the in the NHL, you got to protect yourself. You can't ever rely on the game to to protect you. And, and there's obviously there is a little bit of a miscommunication whether it was uh, whether it's going to be icing or not. And, and Hughes got lambasted. I don't think that should have been a major penalty, to be honest. But that was such a bad call. I, I can't love, believe they reviewed that and then yeah, still, still ended up with the same call. I loved Luke Hughes's uh, maturity and just saying, you know what? I got to protect myself better there. I loved it. There was no complaining, nothing. And that that's what we need more of. It's its its not an awful play by the young guy. He's just like, hey, you know what? Like, this is a man's game all the time. And you got guys, especially like, you know, Garden Hathaway is a physical player. And it wasn't a cheap hit. It was a hard hit. But hard hits are allowed in hockey. And I think it's a discussion we need to have more of. Like, the game is fast. The players are big and strong. And sometimes there's going to be big hits and that's okay. That's, that's allowed in the game. There's nothing wrong with it. And I think sometimes, Oh, hard hit. Oh, we got to suspend the guy. Oh, got to kick him out. I got to drop your gloves. I mean, that's the one thing that drives me crazy. Someone makes a clean hard hit and it's like, I, Oh, this guy needs to answer the bell and fight now. Yeah. Since when is that a thing? It's been that way for the last five, eight years. Like, yeah, it used to be on cheap shots, which I get. But clean right, hits, I think everyone gets. You're like, all right, let's let's take care of that. But after every hard hit there is, why is there a yeah. scrum? No, I, <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. So I, I just want to get a shout out to Hughes, man, young player. That that's a hard learning lesson there. But uh, I just I loved his response to it afterwards. And yeah, you mentioned him and and uh, their young core on the blue line. Like I think the Devils in a few years, you could make an argument that. That might be the best one-two young combo of blue liners on any team. I mean, I, I would think that Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power. Oh, yeah, fair point. A, a well, lot to pa- say Power's about that, now. But. Yeah, Power's like six years in the league, so maybe I don't look at him as young anymore, so. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a good young combo that the but I like in three years, I think people will be talking, wow. And obviously Owen Power is a beast too. But even Buffalo, I think Frank, that's a great example. Look at Buffalo, two guys there, but they're still young and their whole team defense still needs to improve. And that, that's you know, that's what's kind of hurting them. Buffalo, same thing. Young goaltenders, young defense. It's hard. And then they're struggling. The Buffalo one is surprising to me. I thought they'd take a bigger step this year. Yeah, like what do they find themselves? They're currently what four points out of the playoffs, but they played more games than everybody, and they're in eighth place. So if you look at their points percentage, uh, they're they're way eighth place as far as wild card teams. I'm talking. So they just they don't have any of the same jam that they had last year. There was like last a year. there was something about that team that they worked and they were in your face and they were competing and even when they didn't have it all put together, there was something about them that you were like that team's heading somewhere. And this year, I'm not getting that. Yeah, that, I, I like that description as far as you know their presence, their identity of a team. They don't they don't seem to have maybe because Frank last year, you know what? There wasn't expectations of the, the scrappy team, and they're coming up and they're playing great. And this year, everyone was like, "Hey, Buffalo should be good," and now they're not, they're not living up to it. Now they have lots of time left uh, to recover. It's not like they're grossly out of it, but you know they kind of got to get going. Um, similar to, so let me, like, let me ask you a question. So like you look at New Jersey, a team mm-hmm. that made the playoffs last year, one and, and w- had significant expectations this year. You look at Buffalo, a team that had expectations this year. Then you look at Vancouver, a team that not many people were thinking much of, but look at how aggressive they've been in trying to make their team better. I think of the last eight trades in the NHL, the Vancouver Canucks have made five of them. <laughs> so you, yeah. you laugh, but and, no, and no, people no. might say, oh, they're improving on the margins. But look at how significantly better that team is now compared to where they were. Look at all the pieces that they've moved out from their bottom six. Tanner Pearson, Anthony Beauvillier. They've brought in real defensemen. Mm-hmm. They're a different team now. And, and it's all because their management group has put the pedal to the metal to say, let's get better. Let's not yeah. sit back. And that's if <clears throat> you can hear me wheezing through this pod, which has been really fun. If you look at the devils and if you, who have been pretty aggressive to be fair in the past, um, Timo Meyer, for instance, 
big addition. Like there have been big moments and big additions for the Devils. But I'm a little bit intrigued by the Sabres. The Sens are probably in a similar spot. These teams that should be getting better, why are the Sabres not putting the pedal to the metal a little bit? Like I'm looking at, you know, I get that they have a plan and a process and they're trying to not let any vets get in the way of young players. And I know that they were aggressive in trying to sign Patrick Kane. But when you have holes in your lineup and they're not being addressed and they're clear and obvious holes, well, that that doesn't scream to me like, oh, that's a coaching problem or that's a, you know, that's on these players. At some point, you have to provide the help to get them there. And I'm not being critical of Kevin Adams. All I'm saying is you see how one team's doing it and you can see how successful they've been as a result of that. And then you can see other teams that are less aggressive, that are just taking a more patient approach. And I think at some point, you begin to wallow in that as a team. Well, we're really not going anywhere. Yeah, well, Vancouver's last two trades came after they were already good. And I think that just showed them that, hey, yeah, we're good, but we don't think we're a finished product by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, I like Vancouver's team at the start. I I had them as a, as a playoff team. Uh, only because they've got elite defensemen, elite goaltender, and elite forwards. And then you build around. But I, I give Rick Tocca credit for instilling, a. as you talked about what's kind of lacking, Frank, in New Jersey and Buffalo maybe, is what Vancouver has. Like there's a clear on-ice identity with that team. They play in your face. They play aggressive. You know, they'll take a few undisciplined penalties every now and then. And I think they're okay with that because you can't expect your guys to, to play right to the line and never cross it. And so I think I, I like that about them. And then, you know, the, the recent trades, um, they, they took advantage of the uh, the Corey Perry situation, worked out for them. They're like, okay, they need some guys. Boom, we'll send Beauvillier there. And uh, Chicago retained no salary. And then they retained no salary in Zadorov. And you know what? It helps improve their defense score. And so they were incredibly good. opportunistic. They yes. looked at it and said, oh, wow, we were probably going to have to attach an asset to Anthony Beauvillier to move him. Now, all of a sudden, Chicago – by by sheer whatever dumb luck for Vancouver, you have Taylor Hall out for the season and Corey Perry gone, and they need bodies. They need warm bodies to play with Connor Bedard, and so all of a sudden they take advantage of the opportunity and then turn around forty eight hours later and get the deal done at a time when the Calgary Flames were talking to the Toronto Maple Leafs about maybe sending both of those guys there in Zadorov and Tanev. So. Vancouver swoops in and says, you know what, whatever it takes to get this done, we'll take the fifth rounder that we just got from Chicago and we'll send that and a third, no salary retained, we'll make it easy for you, let's get it done. And so now the Canucks, who to me were in a spot where they had their season teetering. And I say that in, yes, are they going to make the playoffs? I believe they've already built up enough equity in the standings to make the playoffs. The difference is, This is one extra significant piece on your back end that prevents you from having to play fringe NHL depth defensemen, which by nature of injuries, they had gotten themselves back into that situation this season and they had to provide more support on their back end. Yeah, you look at at the moves, like essentially it's Beauvillier and a third for Zadorov. That's what the trade becomes, right? And I think that's... uh, because the fifth they got, then they move it back. So it, it, that's really what it is. And that's that's a solid trade. I look for uh, for Vancouver. It's something to address with. Even they if need. you don't re-sign him. I don't care no, if you exactly. re-sign him or not. I think it's a yeah. fine rental play. And oh, frankly, I wouldn't overpay to get a third pair defenseman locked up. I don't care no, how no. big he is. Yes. No, 100%. No, I think it's a really good trade. Because keep in mind, they actually save cap space too in that deal, right? Because Beauvillier is a higher cap hit than Zadorov does. So no, I, I think it's it was a great 48 hours, whatever it was, of dealing by uh, by Vancouver's management team. Give them credit. So, but, but think they, about uh, it, though. Like, let's back up even further. You bring in a backup goalie this year in Casey DeSmith, who's been excellent when you've called upon him, and you were able to move out Pearson. Like, go back and trace through yeah, all Sam the Lafferty. little moves. Sam yeah. Lafferty, at a time when the Toronto Maple Leafs somehow picked Ryan Reeves over Sam Lafferty, a player with actual utility. I just... I every I I truly believe when you're building a team, it's on the margins. Stack little five percent wins, five percent, five percent. The league's too smart. 
you're not going to you're not going to hit grand slam double decker home runs all the time you're just not and uh, hey Frank, going back to the east and we talked about new jersey and buffalo about the tampa bay lightning they lost four in a row now they're one point out of the of a playoff spot right so they're right in it um they do have uh the islanders do have two games in hand but what do you make of the lightning you know john cooper hey man i made this speech how many times what's off there? Like their guys are back. And I, and I wonder if there was a mental break. Oh, Vasilevsky's back. Now he can exhale. We'll be fine. Cause he's here. And you know, they got has lit to be up some of that, one. right? Yeah. I have to think it's part of it, but man, they got lit up. And I think Vasilevsky, there's the adrenaline rush early. Then there's the reality that sets in that, Hey man, I've been out of the game for a while and there's going to be, I think some bumpy roads. And that's what you saw. The Dallas stars lit him up for six before he got pulled. And they end up scoring eight. Um, it's uh, it's an interesting situation to be in. Like when I look at those teams, that's why Tampa's still in because all these other teams are struggling. But if I have to bet money on Tampa's experience over New Jersey and Buffalo and Ottawa and Detroit and Philly and even the Islanders, I still think they're going to get in. But uh, they're a team that's kind of got to find their way here soon. I'm not worried even in the slightest about right. the Lightning. They've had a heart trophy type season from Nikita Kucherov. Vasilevsky, how long is he possibly going to be down in terms of his game? Not going to be all season. And I think Victor Hedman looks the best that he's looked in a couple years. Like to me, I have zero concern for Tampa. And, and frankly, I don't, I think part of the issue is I don't think they have that much concern, which that part is what is, is a little bit of what scares me. But in terms of making the playoffs, if, if I'm talking on a one to 100 scale of my level of concern for the Lightning, it's about a six. Okay. One to 100, not one to 10. Yeah, yeah. So no, 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 uh, no concern, basically, is, uh, is what you're saying. And, I, and that's fair. I, I do think they get the benefit of the doubt more than other teams. There's no question. And, and they should. because. But who's the boogeyman in the East that's going to take them out? Like let's let's just play along here for a second and let's say okay Boston Florida are locked in. Yeah, New York and Carolina. I'm not handing that third spot in the Atlantic to Detroit. No. My guess is Toronto probably gets there. So that leaves two wild card spots open. Are you are are you concerned that the Islanders, Flyers, Penguins are going to take one of those spots, the Caps? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, if I'm the Lightning, I'm not sitting here losing any sleep over it. And the part of it is it's December. That's probably what their guys who have been around the block 17 times and have won two Stanley Cups are sitting here doing the same thing. You don't think they check the standings every morning? Yeah. Now, I do want to ask you, Frank, about a team that is uh, on the rise. They were hoping to take strides this year. The Arizona Coyotes, and all they do lately is beat up on defending Stanley Cup champions, right? So it's it's not like they're beating up on the weak uh, leans in the league. They're beating up on Colorado and Vegas. And where where is your where does Arizona slot in for you? Like, are they a playoff? Are they a legit playoff contender? Not a guarantee, but are they a legit playoff contender in your eyes now? Are they a legit playoff contender? Meaning, could they make the playoffs? Yeah, like, are they in contention to be there? Like, when we're talking game 70, will the Coyotes still be in the playoff mix? Well, I think by the nature of the way the standings are shaping up, I think it'd be an almost statistic improbability that they won't be in the mix. Okay. Right? It's I mean, it's so, it's so jam-packed, so mushy. Could they be three points up or three points back. Like they're going to be some, you know what I'm saying? They're going to be somewhere in that window that you you look at them and say, okay, are they in the mix for sure? Can they, can they legitimately seize one of those two wildcard spots? Yeah, I think they can. I think they can. They're competing against Edmonton and Minnesota. I mean, and in parentheses, of course, St. Louis and Seattle and Nashville and anyone else that's right there. But I think really what all those teams in that group of just maybe kind of could be something interesting, those teams, St. Louis, Seattle, all those, that, that whole group, Nashville, if you can rise above that, 
that's great. But what you really have to do is fend off the Oilers who are coming and also the Wild, who I think are going to get the coach bump and are getting it together a little bit. Yeah. Nashville's all of a sudden playing better too. They're seven to three in their last 10. They've wheeled up the, uh, the race is tight. It's kind of separated Chicago. Like Anaheim is on a slow escalator down. Unfortunately for them, they're two and eight in their last 10, um, Chicago and San Jose are, are out obviously at the, at the very bottom. Um, are you ready? Like, I know they've played seven fewer games than Columbus and six fewer than Tampa and four fewer than pretty much everybody else in the East, but are, are is is New Jersey? It's December fourth. Are they done? Or sorry, not New Jersey. Ottawa is Ottawa done this year in your eyes, Frank? Are they out of the mix? They're teetering right on that edge because they got eighteen points, man, and they're in dead last in the Eastern Conference. Now I say that because they're the Blue Jackets seven. have seven games. Yeah. They have seven and Buffalo games. Buffalo has six, the right? So you know uh, their points percentage would put them ahead of Buffalo and Columbus, but that's it. Montreal's points percentage is still ahead of them. So I, uh, I I just wonder about Ottawa and and how we talk about disappointing seasons. Right right now, it looks like Ottawa is not even going to be in the race. They've got until Christmas. That's as far, you know, if we get another week or two, you can declare them officially dead. Yeah, well, I think Buffalo, man, did you see Tate, uh, Tate Thompson's out and you saw Alex Tuck's injury? I don't know if you saw it, Frank. One of those non-contact injuries, those ones are never good. Um, he was just skating, and all of a sudden, he's out. So that doesn't look ideal for him. And, I, you know, what? it might be a disappointing year for both of those teams. Um, speaking of a positive story, how about uh, Anze Kopitar uh, has now the all-time assist leader in uh, LA Kings franchise history, passes Marcel Dion. Now, he's still quite a ways behind Dion because Dion is a, is a sniper that Kopitar isn't. But uh, he passes him on the all-time list for assists. He's got 758. There are only 16 players in NHL history who have 800 assists for a franchise. Four of them in Detroit. For a fun little trivia question, Frank, can you name the four Detroit Red Wings who had 800 assists with the Wings? Steve Eiserman. Yeah. Gordie Howe. Yeah. Alex Delvecchio. Yeah. And just trying to think, uh, Ted Lindsay, Nick Lidstrom. Oh yeah. Uh, Ray Bork, by the way, has the NHL record for 1111 assists. That's the most with any franchise. Then Gretzky's second. Um, Sidney Crosby is currently seventh and, uh, likely will get to a thousand career assists with the Penguins. He needs 37 more this year. I think Sidney Crosby, one thing's not talked about. Oh, well, I want to stick with Kopitar, but anyway, he Kopitar's likely him and he will become him or Malkin will be the 17th and 18th players ever to have 800 plus assists with their franchise. Like man, Anze Kopitar, that guy, I think he's going to be the first Slovenian ever into the hall of fame. Frank, to me, it's a no brainer. He's, he's first, first ballot, first ballot hall of famer. And he just, he continues to be good. And that King, he's one right of the now, most underappreciated players ever. Yes. Yeah. Like he, so, so I, I was thinking about this as you were talking about the numbers. Is he a top 50 player all time? God, he's got to be close. I think he's in there. Yeah. Well, you look look at Kopitar and look at Bergeron. How much like how set, how much different are they? Well, what happens if you switched which cities they played in? Which one would get more attention? Bang. Yes. Right. Like Bergeron's great. Don't get me wrong, but man, Kopitar, pretty much everything about his game, and he's actually been a little bit better offensively. Um, you look at. Uh, I think his career, when it's all said and done, yeah, he's he's a top fifty player for sure, Frank. I think he had way more of an offensive explosion than Patrice Bergeron ever did. Yeah, and you know, I mean, look at how balanced even this season is at age thirty six. Ten goals, ten assists, twenty points in twenty one games. Like he's thirty six. He's a heck of a player, man. Really good player. So, um, and you know what the best part is for the Kings? They already got an extension done, and his cap hit drops off after this year. Yep. How many players are going to take a pay cut at the exact, I don't want to say prime, but it's not prime. The the age curve is certainly descending, but he ain't that far off from what his prime production was. No. And in some ways, you look at his, his actual point production this year, he's on track for this to be his second most productive season in terms of points. 
Yeah, it's not bad. Like, yeah, he drops down and he signed, what, a two-year deal, I think it was, Three, for, uh, for seven mil. Like, if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs and they look at John Tavares, they're right there. Hey, John, this is exactly where we see you in our franchise, right? You can stick with us. And uh, and that might allow them to keep William Nylander. There might be one year of pain where they've got all four of them at, at big money. But then he drops down, he being John Tavares, and gets back to $7 million player. Then he's a really good value. And I like the term, too. Term, to me, is the big thing when you sign older players. Because two years for Kopitar, Frank, worst case scenario, the second year, meh, maybe it's a little bit uh, tough. But probably, uh, like, he'd really have to fall off. He could easily be Joe Pavelski. I was going to say, he's aging like Joe Pavelski. Yeah, How many so. players have their second best career year at age 36? Yeah, no. So huge shout out to Anze Kopitar. The uh, the LA Kings are uh, definitely a team uh, to be Are they the with. best team in the Pacific? Uh, well, I know they have the best points percentage. You got five fewer points in Vegas because they played four fewer games. But um, they, what about their, what, well, I'll say this, Frank, they are definitely the best road team in the NHL. They're nine and oh, and they're too shy of the NHL record best start to the season, 11 and oh. Um, they're close. It's, it's hard to say they're clearly better than Vegas because they're so close between the two teams. But man, they are, uh, it, that'd be, I'd love to see those two teams match up soon. Right, because they well, play a grind out style. Oh, that could be a, a, an epic war between the two of them. Shout out to Rob Blake, too. Balls the size of a dump truck. Honestly, you, you sign Phoenix Copley and Cam Talbot as your tandem, two and a half million bucks total. That can go a lot of different directions. And it almost did. It looked like it was going that way the first week of the season. And I think they were nervous internally like, what did we do? Yeah. But Cam Talbot has been unconscious. 930 save percentage in a league where the league average is 901. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's been he's been really good. Copley has struggled, but he's been really good because I think the team's the Kings overall goalie save percentage is 916 if I if I'm not mistaken, but yeah, Talbot's been excellent for them. Yeah, the, uh, the King the, Here's the thing though, Frank. The Kims just don't give up a lot of shots and they don't give up a lot of goals. Like they don't give up hardly any shots. And so that's, um, you know what? They're, they're a tough team. They got good center depth position. They, you know, they got some, a, a good mixture of veteran guys in Kopitar and Dowdy. And, and they've they got, got more coming. Young- like the fact that they have Brant Clark sitting in the AHL oh. is insane. Wow. Hey, you know what? Uh, speaking like Quentin Byfield, it's 21 years of age. You know, geez, he's been in the league forever, but that guy's he's, starting to get it. He's oh, got yeah. 18 points, man. He's learning from Kopitar. Like, what a blessing that's going to be uh, for the LA Kings and really for Quentin Byfield. Like, you're a young player. You get to learn from one of the best two-way players we've seen in the last two decades. And you know what? You're on a competitive team. So you're not having to learn through losing. You get to learn by being around and he had to be patient and he's a huge frame. Like, man, that guy's massive. And the the Kings, the Kings are big, heavy team. That's what is going to make them a tough out. Not only that, but they're disciplined with their one, three, one. Yeah. Yeah. They're hard to penetrate. No question. Uh, let's bring in Tyler Uremchuk to the program as uh, he waits with bated breath. On where Shohei Otani will sign. Yeah, my life's basically a roller coaster. Every time I refresh my Twitter or my ex, whatever you call it, uh, my emotions change drastically. And I'll believe anything. Like, I'm smart enough to know in hockey, you believe the big insiders, right? Like, when it's Frank or Elliot, whoever, you believe those guys. I'm believing anything with Otani. Someone with 1,300 followers... Damn it, I'm in. If they say Otani's coming to the Jays, I'm buying it. Uh, but anyways, that's basically what I did all weekend. I'm back with a new edition of Buy or Sell, though. It's delivered by DoorDash, where for a limited time, our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and no delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter the code that's up at the top of your screen. If you're watching on YouTube, all capitals, Nation25. Um, let's start with this one. I, I got three for you. They all cover sort of different parts of the league, but... There will be another coaching change before the end of the calendar year. Buy or sell, Frank? I will buy. Mm. I know that they're loath to do it, but at some point with the Sens, they need some kind of jolt. I mentioned before Christmas, they really don't want to make a change, and I don't think they have any appetite to make a change. I just think at some point they may not have a choice. Also... The Islanders have played a little better of late, but I think Lane Lambert was kind of 
you know, teetering on the edge there. Um, that's kind of it though, isn't it? Are those the only two spots that you look at and say that makes any sense? Don Granada? Yeah, I don't. No, no way. No, There's no mm-hmm. chance. No, I don't. I don't think so. Here's the thing, though. Look at look at Ottawa's schedule, guys. They got the Rangers, then the Leafs, then the Red Wings, then Carolina, St. Louis, Dallas, Vegas, Arizona, Colorado. Like all of those teams are either in a playoff. Yeah, I think they're all in a playoff spot now that I say it. Or yeah, even Arizona's technically in the second wild card spot. So that's their next nine games before, uh, and then they got Pittsburgh, who's just out of it before Christmas. Their next ten, like well, we. We already talked about how they've played so many fewer games than everyone else, seven in some cases. The yeah. time to make a change was already, if you were going to do it, is now with a ton of extra practice time. Yeah, yeah, they should have done it for sure. Because they, there's, and their December schedule isn't that much busier than anyone else. It's January and February where they make up all the ground. And so to make a coaching change then when you have no practice time makes no sense. Yeah. So I will buy as well because I think the Sens will make the change. Yeah, you're kind of right, though. Outside of the Sens and Islanders, you're kind of reaching if you start to look for another team that could be uh, looking to make a change. Uh, You guys know I'm always checking out our friends at Patano and their updated futures odds throughout the year. And there's one bet that has moved. I think it was like minus 400 a couple of weeks ago. It was minus 200 last week. Now it's minus 167. It's the San Jose Sharks to come dead last in the NHL. The odds are falling. The Sharks are starting to heat up. I'm going to say the San Jose Sharks stun us and do not come last in the NHL this year. Buy or sell, Jason. Wow. The only competition is Chicago and Taylor Hall, Corey Perry, Gombo, Villiers. Yeah. Um, But the the Sharks have hit a little bit of a, a good spot. I get it. But I still think they're going to sell off. I think they got some more sellable pieces. So uh, I'm going to sell. I uh, I still think they will uh, find a way to uh, finish 30 seconds. I will buy, and I'm going to give you a team that isn't Chicago that will finish last, and I'm going to say Columbus. Ooh. Especially if they yeah. sell off. They're, I think they're going to they're gonna have to at some point. Interesting. Hmm. And you said... You talked about coaching change. I mean, is Yarmo Kekalainen not a dead man walking? We talked oh, about this last GM? week. Yeah. yeah, I have to think so. Yes. Uh, Frank Columbus, you can get him at eight to one over on Batano to finish dead last in the NHL this season. Uh, one team that I'm kind of looking at is like, ah, maybe they suck just enough in the back half of the year. Um, you can get the Anaheim Ducks at 19 to one to finish dead last in the NHL. I'm not saying that it's likely or that it's like a 50 50 chance or anything crazy, but 19 to one. I'm always interested in a long shot like that. What, um, what was that stat you had the other day? Tristan Jari has as many points as Trevor Zegers. Uh, no, it's Connor Ingram and Akira Schmid. Uh, both have as many points as uh, Trevor Zegers this season with two. <laughs> Not been a good that's season. That's insane. That's yeah. banana sandwich. Uh, all right. Last one I got for you. Uh, Tyson Berry's name popped up in trade rumors over the weekend. Uh, Tyson Berry will be traded before the roster freeze. Buy or sell, Frank? Uh, sell. I think they're in a spot where... They would probably need the Preds to retain a bit. And I think the thought process is see if they can find him a spot, not just as a rental, that would be nice, but is there a more longer-term fit that makes sense for Tyson Barry? I'm kind of surprised the way that's unfolded. I I mean, I guess if you think offensive defenseman, power play guy, maybe Nashville's the wrong spot with Roman Yossi, but... As we saw in Edmonton, still a really talented player that I think has a lot left to give. To me, it's it's interesting that there hasn't been more of a fit. Uh, right shot defensemen are hard to come by. Uh, the one thing that Barry's done in his career, if you look at it historically, he's been a much better player in the playoffs for many. Like competitive player, um, doesn't become a shrinking violet. He he is what he is as a player, right? Like he's he's not somebody you're going to want to play in your top four, five, but he can be a really good third pair defenseman. And he obviously moves the puck and he can help you run a power play. There's no question about that. His cap hits a little bit high. So, you know, the Preds, how much do they want to eat on it? That's going to be the question. But um, I think uh, I think Tyson Berry get, gets moved. I think eventually there'll be a lot of interest strictly because the right shot defenseman, man, they're hard to come by. 
yeah, he he is kind of that, whatever, not unicorn position, but that spot everyone's always looking to fill on their roster. All right, gentlemen, that is a wrap on this week's edition of Buy or Sell, delivered by DoorDash. Make DoorDash your holiday hack this holiday season with groceries, pharmacies, and more delivered right to your door. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And of course, Frank, uh, you're in Seattle because of the Board of Governor meetings. So uh, tell us, what's uh, what's on the docket? What are you expecting? Well, it's maybe not an official agenda item, but I'm really curious what the temperature is from other owners around the league about expansion. We're here in Seattle where they most recently expanded. I think part of this was promised to the Kraken way back when. And of course, they want to promote that in a few weeks time, the Winter Classic will be here. So a lot of the league will be back out here for that. But that and also what's going on with the Arizona Coyotes off the ice? What about their arena situation that we haven't heard very much about? Those are two things that are not unrelated to each other, by the way. Um, I think there's a lot percolating under the surface. You've got your sort of normal, uh, like legitimate agenda items, which I'm sure will include discussion about uh, can they grandfather or force or mandate cut proof uh equipment that'll be talked about uh there will be a salary cap update of course and you know i'm looking at this saying hmm it's awful quiet on that coyotes expansion front there's got to be something there coyotes relocation i mean yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. they're all tied but it's tied it's it's inextricably tied to expansion because you can expand, but I think you have to really sort out first what's happening with the Coyotes. Oh, yes, 100%. And, and there's just something about 32. It's I know that they probably don't care about uneven numbers, but uh, I like well, 32. I, I, like- I, I was going to say, I think it at some point this will be a 34-team league. It's right, probably right, not right. next year or the year after, but it's in the very not-so-distant future. No, the price tag for the owner. I do wonder how much the players association say, hey, wait a sec. The owners are getting all this money. The franchise price tags are going up huge and we get nothing. So I wonder. Funny you said that because I just asked Marty Walsh about that. The executive director of the NHLPA, the Frankly Speaking pod just dropped uh, a few days ago. And point blank, go to my Twitter feed. You can see the two minute clip. What's your plan as expansion fees aren't part of what goes to players? Yeah. And now if you were talking 500 million for Vegas in 2017 and 650 million for Seattle a few years later the next expansion fee I it's I think it's well north of 1 billion 
I, I think it's it's 1.1, 1.2, whatever that is. The league average team is now worth one billion. Franchise values have gone up 31% year over year. So you take that 1.1 billion, yeah. 1.2 billion, and you sprinkle it over 30 other franchises because I at least my understanding is that Seattle and Vegas do not get a cut of whatever the next expansion is. Hmm. It's a pretty intoxicating number. How do you say no to that? Because at the same time, the entire pool then of league revenue continues to grow because you're adding another team into it. You're adding a market with excitement, more eyeballs to sell to a TV partner eventually. Yep. It just becomes more and more and more and everything gets exponentially bigger. Then you do it again. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, no, that's $2.4 billion that are going in, in, in 30 teams' pockets. Like, How do you say no? It's like crack cocaine. It's free, free yeah. crack. Yeah, like you're right. I, I would say it. no to free crack, by the way. Yeah, oh, I would hope so. Yes. Stay no to drugs, kids. Say no to drugs. But uh, what about three on three, Frank? Think there's any appetite for that? Well, Change? that would be a GM meeting thing in March. This yeah. is this is owners. So that the real sort of hardcore hockey talk you wouldn't get. Um but I wonder if they even like the owners got to discuss it. No, at some point say, Hey guys, what do you, do they ever discuss some hockey things and then bring it to the GM or no? A little bit. And you know, the other thing I'm really interested in is it's December 4th and we still don't have a venue or location yet for the 2024 NHL draft. I can't remember that ever being the case really outside of even leaving the previous draft, you know, where the next one is yeah. and you know, vaguely when it's going to be. Well, this one might be the last one, kind of as as how we know it, right? And then it might not. No, we yeah. they might go to a, a a virtual format now and just rip the bandaid off. It depends. Huh. They're really, really trying to do the sphere in Las Vegas. Yeah, and the hard part, and we didn't talk about this, is it's not the fee to get into the sphere. Like they're willing to pony up and pay that. What they're trying to figure out is they all those giant screens or the big giant screen if you've seen videos of the sphere inside yeah you have to program the whole draft around that and they're not even entirely certain if six months or seven months time would be enough to do all of that plus what's the cost to do it they'd love to be the first league to ever utilize the sphere can you imagine the sphere as a as a hockey puck on the outside or, or what the promotion might be like for the league to, to get that uh, those visuals inside for a draft. You have Macklin Celebrini video of him coming down on a rush right at you. I mean, it's, it's a pretty awesome thing to think about. And they're trying to, that's, that's their clear priority. That's where they want to be, yeah. but can they pull it off? And what's it going to cost are the two things they're trying to figure out. Yeah, we'll see. Hey, before we go, uh, this just coming down. Nita Ryder, the Winnipeg Jets announced that uh, Nino Nita Ryder has signed a new contract extension, three years with a $4 million cap hit to stay with the uh, Winnipeg Jets. His new deal will kick in next season. So uh, another guy, hey, the Jets, Frank, uh, give him credit. They've uh, they've been able to lock up the guys they want. So, uh, you know, three-year extension for Nita Ryder, uh, four sheets. Well, Nita Ryder, good for him. Uh, also, Frank, uh, good for people. Daily face-off. Remember, Wendy's is letting you win real food with your fantasy teams here with uh, Wendy's Daily Face-Off Survival Pool. If you haven't played it, it's not too late to sign up. Go to dailyfaceoff.com. There's weekly prizes, like their new limited edition chicken strips and French toast sticks. Frank's favorite. And uh, sometimes the best teammates are the ones you'd least suspect. So go to Daily Face Offer Survivor Pool today. Sign up for weekly prizes, chicken strips, French toast sticks from Wendy's. Get it at the Wendy's app. And also remember, $5,000 cash if you win. So even if you lose one week, don't give up. Keep playing because it's uh, who is the best at the end of the year combined. I, I know Frankie doesn't feel like he's in the running yet, but uh, we'll see if you can rebound, uh, Frank. Maybe you'll be like the Tampa Bay Lightning, Frank. Just a tough I, It's not even that. Rebound. I just, I can't get, I'm like, I feel like the Sabres or the Oilers this year. I can't get going. I just, <laughs> I can't get past the first day of the week. 
Just get me to Tuesday. I'll be all right. I'll make it. Just start easy. So go today. It's a new game every Monday. It starts. So uh, get in there and play today. Frank, have a good one in Seattle. We'll talk to you later this week. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Cervalli and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.